Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben. And Brett. Thanks for joining us, guys. You're up to uh, episode 11. Yeah. We're cranking out episodes right and left every week. You can find us all over on your uh, favorite podcasting platforms. It's been a hell of a week so far, hasn't it? I know. It's been too warm. It's been a great Christmas, but man, it would have been nice if it would have been about 30 degrees instead of 50 degrees. It hit almost 60 degrees here. Oh, gosh. It's nuts. But, you know, the lakes haven't opened up. So, if they can stay locked up, the ice will get good pretty quick if it sure. does get cold again. When yep. it does get cold. It's supposed to, what, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe get a little cold, and then it sounds like it's going to climb back up again. But yeah. at least those nighttime temperatures will be back down. We'll have to keep uh, dreaming of going north, trying yeah. to get on some ice We'll here. have to travel north, which yep. sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just been a little bit rough around the Midwest lately. I mean, yep. uh, see some reports of already some people uh, going through the lake. Some four-wheelers. I well, then it. if you get too far north, then those guys just have piles of snow. So there's like a sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, a little bit north, but not too far north. But if you get to go south too far, you go north too far. and We're definitely not in the sweet spot here. Ice sucks. Yeah. No. Nope. Yep. I actually went out on uh, Christmas Day, did a little spud bar and on the little lake. Oh, did you? Um, yeah. It, was okay. it probably would have been okay to try and fish, but the way that forecast was looking, I was just very wary of it. That one across the street from your house? No, not that one. Oh. I still think you need to get out there and poke at that one. I should. I should. For as close as it is, we should try that one. It's probably only like a couple feet deep. Yeah, that means, that means that the ice would be fine, probably. <laughs> you got four inches of ice and eight inches of water underneath. Well, if you fall in, then you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, just been a little bit of a rough winter for uh, ice fishing so far. So We're still early. I mean... We got time. Usually I consider it borrowed time. If you're on the ice before Christmas. So. Yeah, that's true. If you can get out. Most years. I'd say average most years. I've got them out on solid ice week after New Year. So January 10th. Yep. 7th through the 10th. Something like that. Yeah. We're, we'll be all right. <clears throat> There's still plenty of hope. Plenty of winter left. You know, last year we had the huge polar vortex freeze. Sub-zero, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That just locked everything. But, it, I mean, we were off the ice for a while. Yep. Clear Lake even opened back up. Yep. Early July, or early January. Yep. Yep. So, never know. Well, what are we talking about today, Ben? Today we got a heck of a show for you guys, as usual. Um, we're thinking up some cool and uh, new topics and, and trying to take some feedback from our listeners. And, and one thing that turned out to be pretty popular um, of a subject was us talking about catfishing through the ice. Yeah. So we'll touch on that. Uh, some tips, tricks, tactics for catching cats through the ice. They're yep. a hell of a good time. Yep. To pull up. I'd say the Iowa DNR has done an amazing job at ensuring a quality catfishing fishery pretty well throughout the state. I mean, I think you can go to almost any public pond, public pond or lake, and you got at least a solid shot at a 25-inch catfish, channel cat, which that's a pretty good-sized fish. Yep. Yeah, and I've noticed, too, and, and I haven't caught a lot of cats through the ice. Brett's kind of the catfish expert, but throwing a camera down. You see a lot of catfish. Oh yeah, it makes you really realize, wow, I'm missing yeah. all of these these fish. So sometimes that mark that comes in on your flasher that you can't get to bite, that'd be a cat or a carp or a carp. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I get a lot of big marks in their carp. Yep. And then uh, we're also going to touch on some tournaments this year. Yep. Uh, the tournament up. tournament schedule uh, hitting it pretty hard starts basically this weekend here in Iowa. There's yep. an event uh, this weekend up on Cornelia. Um, but we're going to talk through the schedule. You'll kind of find out where we're leaning towards going yeah. and uh, competing this year. If you want to try your hand against the short rod show, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. 
buyer beware. <laughs> uh, but we'll touch on that. So really good show planned for you guys coming up after the break on the Short Rod Show. Hey, Ben. So I've got this buddy that's trying to start a small business, but he's having a real tough time with his digital footprint and just trying to figure all that out. Do you know anybody that could help him out? Well, I think I do. I know uh, a couple cool guys at this company called Evergrow Marketing, and they really specialize in helping landscape and lawn care companies maximize their digital footprint and basically bring customers to them, help them get found on the internet. Really? I mean, they'll work with any business. Um, they're really looking to expand. And if you tell them that Ben and Brett sent you from the, the Short Rod Show, you can get it 10% off your first order. Really cool. If you're interested in the Evergrow Marketing team and what they have to offer, check them out on evergrowmarketing.com and tell them Ben and Brett from the Short Rod Show sent you. You know, Brett, I was poking around on Facebook the other day and I could just not find the Short Rod Show. What's the deal? Oh, you just got to punch us in on Google. What do you mean? We show up on Google already? Oh, yeah. The Evergrow team hooked us up. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. I'll try that now. Yeah, right. You just punch in Short Rod Show and we'll come up on our website, shortrodshow.com. It'll come up on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So people can find us all over now. Yeah, all over the internet. That's great. We're also on Instagram, too. I've been trying to keep up with that, posting some cool pictures. When we're out on the ice, you can check us out there, too. Yeah, sweet updates. Awesome. Check us out, guys. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, We're going to start off here talking about catfishing. Um, I've done quite a bit of it, and it's quite a bit. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yep. They're a heck of a, they pull a heck of a lot harder than a bluegill or a crappie. So, yep. uh, yeah. And you do a lot of catfishing too in the summer as yeah. well. Not well, yeah. ice fishing. I mean, that one's more just, you're just going to relax on the bank a little bit for a couple hours after work. Yep. Uh, but yeah, ice fishing wise, it's definitely a little different bite. You kind of got to pay attention a little bit of what you're doing, but I mean, it can be a heck of a lot of fun. I know we got, I got you introduced to her last year, Ben. Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah. We just had a blast. Just, just like Brett said, just pulling up a fish and not knowing what the heck you have. Just a huge bite. Uh, basically a huge pull. Oh yeah. Especially for as little as a, yep. such a soft little tap that it gives you. It'll, it'll test the drag out on any kind of reel that you're using. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And those yeah. test your line too. Yep. Along cause they just circle the whole. Yep. I think it, yeah, they just lock out their fins and they just do a big circle. Even the schoolie drag. Oh, yeah. Yep. They give you a tug of, <laughs> I mean, a two, three, four pound channel cat, you know, it's not a real big fish, but. Yep. Yeah, that's a good time. Sure gives you a go. Yep. So where uh, where are you going normally, Brett, when you try and catch catfish? What what types of places are you looking for? Um, I mean, there's some typical spots. Um, and if I'm going to like a new pond or a new lake that I haven't fished and, you know, maybe I want to try to catch a few catfish. Um, one thing you got to kind of keep in mind is that they're extremely stacked up in the wintertime. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in 90% of the catfish that are in a pond or a lake are going to be in a very small area. So they're not all that easy to find all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might be stacked up in one spot or another, or you might just be five or 10 feet off of them and you don't even see the school. Like we sure. did on Rock Creek. I mean, you saw how stacked up they were. If you got 10 or 15 feet out from either side, 20 feet, you didn't see anything. So yep. that's kind of what makes them a little elusive. But as far as locations and structure, you're looking for deep parts of the lake or pond. Looking for, if you can find de- a deeper part with some wood or some sort of structure, some rock or something kind of to hold them up down there. 
Um, another way that I've had good luck finding them is towards the end of the season when the shad start to die off in those lakes and ponds. And that's really what we experienced there on Rock Creek also was, mm-hmm. I mean, we were digging up holes and frozen shad guts were coming out of that hole. And then, then we were just, yeah, piled up on yep. channel cats. They were probably coming up and grabbing them under the ice. Oh, too, yeah. You know, and, and eating that for food. Yeah. I mean, the they were bite, they were biting a little <clears throat> bit on the waxworm I'd send down there. But once I hooked a piece of that shad gut on there, it was mm-hmm. within 10 seconds. I couldn't even get down to the bottom. And that, that's what I think is cool about, about using that kind of bait, even if it's like a salted bait or whatever, just yeah. having something that is a little different and something that they're used to, to seeing. That's a good point. Yep. So yeah, anywhere so, that those dead shad, especially later in the season, those dead shad will collect, uh, that's going to be a very major point of interest. I don't care mm-hmm. what else the bottom structure looks like. I don't care if it's 10 or 15 or five foot deep. That's where those fish yep. are going to be. What about, uh, you think, Big Creek would have a good catfish bite. You get on. Oh yeah, there's some hogs in there. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You just got to find. It. I mean, Big Creek's a lot of water. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of deep water, and there's a lot of wood. Yep. There's just a lot of area to check out. That's the problem with Big Creek. Man, that are that are more opportunities then. Yeah, there's probably there's some hellacious opportunities. Cool. I mean, I there's some hog that. daddy cats. Yep. In Big Creek. Yep. Awesome. Um, if you can just find those areas, and get, you know. I, I count it as a good day on Big Creek if you can find a school of anything out there. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if you can find yourself, you got a real opportunity at some 30, 32-inch channel cats out there yep. on Big Creek. Yeah, and they're probably uh, coming up over the spillway and coming back and growing in there for years and years now. Oh, yeah, they're the big. The catfish population. Well, they they still stock it, too, a little bit. but With cats, you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Good. DNR stock cats in every everywhere. Yep. But, keeps it interesting. Uh, yeah, and I mean, they have a hellacious, pretty much an endless supply of shad out there. Yep. So, I mean, that's my number one bait. If I'm going to directly go after catfish, is I'm going to take some shad guts with me. I'll also have waxworms. Yep. Um, but usually the best catfish bites I've gotten on is when I'm crappie fishing, actually. Um, when I'm still, I'm still looking for a lot of that similar structure to kind of that basin yep. area, and you just kind of happen upon stacked up pile of catfish and a lot of times i've had them where they're they're coming in suspended i mean they're not okay usually if i've been on a bite where i'm catching more than one where i'm catching four or five six of them they're always been suspended i rarely have caught Hmm. them off the bottom um now they're not typically real big fish at that point i mean you've got kind of your mid-size sure i don't know two two to three pounders um but when you're crappie fishing that's a heck of a that's a heck of a pull oh yeah those are good eating too yeah that's perfect and as far as jigs and weights and baits and lures um one thing you got to keep in mind i mean i've caught them on everything i mean i've caught them all the way from little tungsten jigs all the way up to my spoons and mm-hmm. whatever but if you specifically want to target them make sure you get after it. you got to watch out for that they kind of got a sandpaper tooth line on top um you need a hook that's got a long enough shank to kind of get back there and oh, okay hook up around it otherwise what you'll find is you'll set the hook into them you'll feel the pull and then they'll be gone Okay. Um, just because you don't get the hook into them. So like a rattling flyer would not be long enough. Oh, no. That's been my primary one. It is long enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happens there is a lot of times you can get them on the in- outside of the lip. Yep. Um, you can get them before it gets to the back to the uh, cool. sandpaper. So there you go. The rattling flyer. Yeah. That Once actually, have, the spoons have been yes. real good to me. Calls them in. Yep. I think they can sense that too and come over and check it out. Yep. Well, and that's another thing is, I mean... It's mm-hmm. a super light bite. I mean, for as 
big of a fish you might be catching in there. I've never had them where even fishing with the schoolie and they have that ultralight little spring indicator. I mean, I've never really had them where they pull that indicator all the way down. It's always just like a little half inch to a quarter inch, just a little tap. Yep. Real slow, like just tap, tap, tap. And then you just set the hook on them and that's it. Like I said, they just lick it. And you're, you're laying into them pretty hard when you set the hook on them. Yeah. Just in case they don't have it into that sandpaper. Yep. You you know, I keep, I try to keep sharp hooks. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Catfish are, they're a good time. I think, uh, they're a little bit lethargic in the winter time. That's probably yeah. what you're feeling. I don't think you're kinda... real tuned up on. No. That thing would pull you in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ice fishing. They'd pull <laughs> your little rod through the water. That'd be cool. But I'm anxious to see maybe on the Mississippi this year we can get into some. Ooh, that'd be sweet. I saw they were catching a bunch of them up on Clear Lake the other day. Cats, huh? Yeah, a guy had like seven or eight of them stacked up there. Smart man. Yeah. And after a little... Uh, well, it wasn't one guy. It was a couple guys. But, yeah, yeah, but that, that species doesn't get a, a whole lot of pressure or a lot of respect i feel like in the no whole, the grand scheme of ice fishing it's the, no, the bastard it, child it's probably one of my favorite ones to target once you can get on them i mean like i said usually i'm out fishing for something else and then i come across a pile of them and the nice thing is yeah they might be real fun real, real tough to track down and find in a body of water but once you find them they're gonna be there pretty well throughout the winter mm-hmm. um, they don't travel and school a whole lot yeah they might move a little bit throughout the you know throughout yep. the winter as it progresses but um, I mean, if you're out there fishing fairly regularly once every once, once every week or two, um, and you're able to yeah. kind of keep track of that school a little bit, um, they really don't move that far. So sweet, you can get on them and it's a reliable bite year after year. Um, that's one thing I've noticed on some of the ponds. Uh, once you kind of find that spot where they want to winter over winter at, um, you can get, it's a milk run. Yeah. Yep. And that, that goes, goes the same way with like crappies and bluegills where, they can go through a cycle, or people can go on and fish them out. Yep, catfish are pretty hardy. Like yep. they'll survive in a pond oh, yeah. that has almost no oxygen yep. through the winter. You don't have to worry about it. You're but not the one thing, kill off the the big fish. No, like you would at winter kill a, a a regular pond with crappies and bluegills. They're gonna die first. Um, you know where the catfish are gonna be the ones that survive, and you're gonna have the four or five pounders after yep ten years. But one thing you got to watch out for catfish is they don't spawn in those ponds they only spawn in the rivers so oh, okay. you can fish them out fish it if you're taking all of them out of there you. you can fish I them didn't out know that. but i think that's i mean that's obviously why the dnr stock is so yep. heavily because they so thrive they need, in do Iowa they need and, current then to spawn or uh, is i don't know yeah something like that thing? yeah something for their eggs or something i'm not real sure hmm. i don't know enough about it i know the dnr stock enough from that yep you can almost treat it as a put and take sort of deal a what? Put and take. Well, that's like what the trout is, where they okay. put them in there, and then they're there for people to take. <laughs> the DNR puts them in, and we take about them. pudding. No, no. <laughs> that's awesome. Put and take. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fun species. And my, like I said, my extent of experience with that has been with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what did you think? Uh, what was your setup the first time you pulled the cat to the ice? Where, where, where were we at? Here in town, or where were we yeah. at? I think we were around town, yeah. I was using the bull whip. Yeah. Oh and yeah, that, that bullwhip that probably spun the drag on that little little Samar tent like crazy. That's all they wanted. Yep, and that was a good fight. I mean, we I oh, was yeah. fighting it for a few minutes, you know, nursing man, and uh, I think I had a few good bites before then too, where I set the hook hard and you missed it because it hit well, the and I had it for the first flip. Yep, you know, well, you I, I almost guarantee you they had know. it in the they had it in their teeth, and yep, and then it popped out. Yep, but yeah, that was a blast. And then to pull those things up through the ice and just yep. have a monster. Yep. 
I mean, there's always a reason that they're in a spot. They're not like crappies where they're just kind of roaming out in the middle of mm-hmm. nowhere. Um, I mean, everywhere where I found them, there's a reason there's been there. I mean, there's either food stacked up right there. There's even there's a decent piece of structure that's deep. Yep. Kind of deep water is kind of important if you're not yeah. fishing over food. And that was like 20-some feet deep. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. On some of that. Um, so. so, yeah, I'd say you want a decent backbone into your rod, something that you can really kind of yep. give it to them. But, um, I mean, I've seen people try to use, uh, like, jaw jacker type things and that sort of stuff. Yep. And I don't know. I feel like that's kind of varied success just because it is such a light bite that they don't they don't set it off. Yeah. Well, like and, you want. and I just made a couple homemade ones. Yeah. And... We're really anxious to try them out, <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You can set them a little bit. Talk uh, a little bit about that. You can have I forgot them set about a that. little bit. Um, pretty, pretty touchy, but they are a little sketchy. They're scary to be around. Talk a little so bit about. So got, got a hook through my finger already on one. Testing out at home. Well, what'd you put together? Talk about the whole deal here. So if you guys have seen the Jaw Jacker, it's an actual patented product. It's made out of I don't know some kind of aluminum or or yeah. something. Uh, but basically just holds your rod in a loaded position, like a very unnatural load it's been to the over. rod. It's bent over in half um, and hooks your eyelet on the end. Uh, then you set that up next to your hole, dangle your bait through, you thread it through a little like trigger kind of mechanism. Um, and then when a fish pulls down on your bait, it's going to set it off, which immediately unloads the rod. It flings up, uh, sets, sets a hook, hook you yeah. know. Jacks their jaw, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And gets gets the gets the fish hooked, and it's kind of like a tip up at that point. Where you know, I've seen guys put like bells on. That's yeah, actually kind of a good idea, um, just to know if you're gonna have a fish on, um, so you're not just trying to watch it all the time. But then you can run over, grab it, pull it out of there quick, and just reel it. Reel and you it, can fight it with in, a rod so. and reel, yeah, um, or an automatic fisherman. I think those are the same deal. Also. Yep, yep. Yeah. Apparently they're banned in Minnesota. Yep. Um, Iowa, not banned. No. Um, which is cool. So that's where we do the bulk of our fishing anyway. So I decided to go to Home Depot one night and just build my own. Watch a YouTube video. This guy um, had a cool design for one. One-inch PVC, a few different parts. Um, and then a he used a paint can, like wire uh, handle. Oh, to set the trigger, yeah. to make the trigger. Yep, which I didn't have any of those, so I used a coat hanger. But. Yeah. Seemed same, to work. Seemed to work good. Yeah. Um, put that together. Actually never, didn't even glue anything together. Figure we can disassemble it quick, yeah. throw it in a bucket that way. Uh, he was like using PVC glue and making it all solid and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, took it out on a pond, tried it out, and I actually, I think I had a bite, but I went over to it. There's no fish. Wasn't heavy enough to set it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have enough experience with it yet time will tell yeah yeah see i, I think, feel like uh, you got to be fishing something fairly aggressive yeah fairly large it's not something for bluegills and crappies yep i really want it to maybe be for bass. bluegills and crappies maybe bass <laughs> walleyes and cats uh, too if we can get a pike. catfish on it that would be a blast i'd be surprised well then i don't so, think they take I they don't just take it and run that had one of those rod leashes you ever see this yeah oh yeah i've seen I rod leashes. well i've too. seen rod leashes i guess i suppose they're all the same you should probably do that too yeah, we yeah I could see that go in the hole. Oh, yeah. Well, you maybe need to put a little longer holder on it. Well, Because yeah, you just uh, come right out of the elbow, and then you're yep, putting your rod. Yep, just 45-degree elbow there. and wedge it in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to paint it some kind of crazy Camo. fluorescent color. Just something so it's not white. 
Because right now it's white. Oh, it just right blends in. The snow. Yeah. Black probably would be good. Yeah, just something different. But it's a pretty cool idea, and if you guys want to make it, I mean, they're about 10 bucks in materials. 10 bucks materials, quick little video yep. on YouTube. All you got to do quick is be able project. to cut. All you got to be able to do, really, is cut some PVC and yeah, which bend you can a do that piece of wire. Jeez, anything. Yeah. I was using a Sawzall, which made it a little bit easier. But yeah. yeah. Nice. Yep. So, yeah, that style is, is pretty cool. Always yeah. Try I'm that. pretty excited to get that out, try yeah. it out. But that can be, you know, we talked dead stick tactics a while back. There's yep. your dead stick. There's another option. Yep. Set the hook. Yep. Rip their lip. Yep. Jack their jaw. <laughs> Getting the catfish on it. That would be fantastic. So, what else you want to cover on catfish? Um, other tips I mean, and tricks for I always a, got, aspiring catfish. Yeah, I'll touch on a few. Um, I mean, number one thing, I mean, the re- I mean, all we're, all you're really targeting is channel cats. Uh, yep. Blue cat, I guess we really don't have those in Iowa and Flatheads in hibernate in the wintertime. So, yep. uh, yeah, channel cats is really all you're targeting. And, I mean, they're good eating in the wintertime. Kind of cleans them out a little bit. Yep. That cold water. I think all any fish is better in the wintertime yep. to eat. Definitely. Um, otherwise, have a little bit heavier line if you're really specifically going to target them. Otherwise, just mm-hmm. kind of, you can catch anything on anything. Um, I'm well, a firm yeah. believer in that. <laughs> so, I mean, just kind of be ginger with it and bring them up slow and. Yep. You can catch them on one pound line. All you need is a schoolie and a schoolie jig. You can yep. catch anything. That's where most of mine and have come from. Worm. Yeah, and a waxworm. <laughs> that's the one thing I think people are surprised about is that they, they eat waxworms so well. But, yeah, put a gob of waxworms on there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do, I always make sure I do with my waxworms is I pop them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people just thread them on there and send them down. Where what I do is I'll put one or two. Well, actually what I'll do is I'll put two on, a, thinking a jig head, dropper jig. I'll put one on sideways, mm-hmm. so it's going to make it a T, and then I'll put one on lengthwise, hot dog style, and and then I'll pop them both, like so their guts and juices yep. are hanging out. Um, then Get it just gives slimy. a little bit, a little bit more action in the water, a little bit more scent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I see a lot of people that don't do that. Yep. Which I feel like I don't know. I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent. I think that puts better, more fish on the ice for me. It, it depends. I don't do it normally if I'm fishing a straight horizontal jig. Dropper jig. Yeah. I will leave that an entire. You'll leave it all shake. together. Yes. Yeah. Because it seems like it doesn't really matter for it for that purpose. Yeah. Because as soon as I catch one or two, it's going to get chewed up on its on its own. Yeah. That does. That is one thing that they don't last as long when you pop them. Yep. yep. But if the bite's getting tough ever. Oh, yeah. Pop it. Yep. Nothing, nothing uh, wrong with getting a little extra scent in there. And Yep. Next thing I want to try is some actual just worms. See if I can't just buy some night crawlers and throw yes. a night crawler down there for catfish. Yep. I don't know why they wouldn't eat it. So this year, yeah, we're trying worms, uh, drop shot, drop shot rigs. We want to try that out, and then also the salted minnows. Salted minnows, all mm-hmm. our different baits. If we can ever get on the ice, I might go to Shields. Tomorrow Man, I really feel that. like just that guy. You know, when we were talking about a couple episodes back, you know, like how how many times you been on the ice this oh, year? Oh yeah, and I feel My like gosh. that chump at the bar that's been like, oh, telling everybody, you know, all these things, and I'm like, yeah, I've only been out twice. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. <laughs> How many times have you been out this year? Well, twice. Twice. Frick. <laughs> no credit. No yeah. street credit. No. 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 Yeah. What What can you do? We're just two guys from central Iowa. Yeah. In the middle of a freaking 60 degree winter. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we did get a little bit of feedback. Uh, we had another listener chime in. Um, Blake, uh, he's with Ducks Unlimited. Um, and he wondered if we could kind of plug a little bit about the fishing tournament that they're doing here. Um, on Clear Lake, so I told him, yeah, for sure. Um, 
I'm a duck hunter. I'm an ice fisherman. Yeah, so of course. That aligns with everything that I'm into. Yep, real good, real good fundraising opportunity for them. Um, it sounds like right now they're definitely looking to expand and uh, get as many people involved as possible. Yeah, it sounds like a cool deal. Um, the The event's called uh, Frozen Feathers, and it's on Jan- or January 11th and 12th. That Saturday is the rules meeting, kind of a kickoff party. Um, entry fees are 85 bucks per person. That includes a dinner, though. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Dinner, raffle, and drinks. So I'd imagine that means beers, yep. games, and then also get you into the tournament the next day from 10 to 2. Um, yeah, 85 bucks. It's an individual event, though. That's something you kind of got to keep in mind. Yeah, and that's going to be a little tough, too, being just from 10 to 2. That's yeah, pretty four hours. You better challenge. be on it. Yes. You better bring your A game. Pre-fish that sucker on Saturday, because if you don't know where you're going, that's not yes. that a four-hour tournament's not one you can just show up to. Yep. Yep, and definitely have your schoolies all rigged up, preloaded. Oh, yeah, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Bring about six or eight. But, dude, they had some freaking sweet prizes. Um, yeah. What did what they, they have? They have some in the raffle. Well, I don't know if this is the raffle. Yeah, in the raffle. Or um, they kind of have a staggered prize list. Um, they've got Milwaukee drills, auger setups, um, fishing trips, duck hunting trip, which yeah, I haven't kind of perked my interest. Uh, guns, obviously, with Ducks Unlimited. I don't know where they get all these guns at, but they have unlimited amounts of guns. Um, fishing gear, Yeti coolers. I mean, they have a sweet list of yep. prizes, so you don't even have to win. To... Well, and it, it was cool too. They stagger it the like yeah, every a, five entries. Yeah, and gets get a prize. Get one of those prizes, so you don't have to be just in the top five or ten. No, you know, you, you can just be. You can be out well there. out of the money, as we like to say, and yep. still come away with some prizes. So, but that's one part cool. that's a little different about it, especially on Clear Lake. Um, I mean, a lot of people think big crappies and yellow bass on Clear Lake. The actual tournament itself only includes bluegill, perch, yellow bash, bass, 20 fish. 20 then, fish limit. Yeah, 20 yep. fish limit, but then four there's hours. a side pot. Yeah, that's a lot of fishing <laughs> in four fishing hours. You're crazy. getting after it. Yep. Uh, and then a side pot for a big, fat crappie. Yep. Which is kind of cool. That would be sweet. I like the setup they got going on there. That'd yeah, I'd cool. encourage you guys to check her out. But that also got us talking about what our tournament schedule's looking yeah. like and got on the DNR page. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, the DNR has all of their sanctioned tournaments. Um, any on any kind of public water, there's going to be a DNR permit that's being pulled for that. So yep. check it out on the DNR website. You can kind of sort. I like the way you can sort by different oh, yeah. different tournaments, different uh, events, where it's at, um, dates as well. So it looks like uh, January 18th is pretty popular, huh? Yeah, dang it, too bad. My gosh. Yeah, there's a pile of them on that day. Yep. But the first one's coming up on Sunday. Yeah, the Central Iowa Ice Sticks Ice Event on Lake yeah. Cornelia. Yeah, people are pumped up about that lake these days. Yeah, Cornelia's getting a lot of a lot of publicity. Well, what I'm hoping it'll do, because it's a pretty similar lake to Clear Lake, it's just a lot smaller, mm-hmm. is, and they have a lot of the same problems Clear Lake did, you know, 10 years ago. So what'll be cool is if they can get kind of a similar program where they're cleaning out some of those yellows. Yep. Um, kind of help build back the rest of the fishing population. Because right now you can... You'll take a house load home of yep. six-inch yellow bass, um, and that's way Clear Lake used to be too. Until mm-hmm. and then, after why once YBB got going, and now what they're doing with, uh, yeah, these the tournaments on Clear Lake on Cornelia, as you start to thin those out, those yellow bass get bigger, better fishing, and then all the other fish also have additional resources. 
yep. keep going. That's just crazy to me. There's that many yellow bass, and they reproduce. That They're prolific, much prolific breeders than crappies and bluegills. <laughs> that they just take over an entire lake like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say it's ruined by any means. I mean, yellow bass are fun. Oh. Yeah, you for know, all the bigger they are, they're probably one of the catch. I feel like this term gets used a lot, but pound for pound, yep, they're a hard fighting fish. Yep, yep, and they're pretty good eating. Yeah, geez, no limit, can't go wrong. But yeah, the the next the next weekend, so the uh, January twelfth, like we talked about, the frozen feathers fishing derby. So that's on Clear Lake. Yep, um, hit up Ducks Unlimited. Go yeah, check that's it put out. on by the North uh, Iowa DU chapter. Yep, putting that on. Hopefully the ice turns out great and have have a good turnout, some good weather for that. Oh yeah, as well. The second annual Panfish Palooza on Yellow Smoke Lake. Yeah, this one I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, Yellow Smoke's not a very big lake, and that is up in northern That's Iowa. That's up by Denison. Denison, so western western Iowa. Okay, but we're, uh, we're thinking about going to that. I don't know if that'll actually materialize. Yeah, that or not. one's just a long damn ways away. Yeah. Two hours away. I mean, normally last year it would have been a problem, but now baby time family stuff yeah yep um west lake ice out that one's always pretty popular i haven't heard of that one. that's mostly a crappie crappie tournament and you got your catfish stalkers anita on lake anita yeah that's one i'd like to get to one of these days i've never ice fished lake anita i hear a lot about it um that's probably one reason i haven't made it over there is because too many people talk about it and then it's just blown up yeah i haven't heard of that one at all i haven't heard of a lot of these i need to do a lot more research yeah, come but on now. The ICS 4th Annual Ice Fishing Contest on West Okaboji. Yeah. On the 18th. Uh, there's a pa- Passion for Panfish Pro Days. That'll that one's be not a, open to the public. Not open to the public. No. How can you get in on those? You got to know, you got to have a passion for panfish, I guess. Send us a message. <laughs> yeah. Send we'll come announce it for you. Yeah. <laughs> the Fargin Ice Hole Car- Competition on Lost Grove Lake. Yeah, I don't know anything about that one. Huh. Lake but all these are on the 18th. I know. And then the, from West the Lake, Lake Anita, Lake Anita Bass Club on Mississippi Pool 12. Yeah, that one down sweet. That, oh, cool. that one is open to the public too. Mm-hmm. And Five Island Yellow Bass. Five Bash. Island, West Boji. Again. Oh, yeah, it's the same tournament, two day tournament. The NAIFC Oak Boji Qualifier. That Five Island one has some sweet prizes also. The yeah. Yellow Bass Bash. I need to figure out how to catch Yellow Bass. Yep. Because there are some sweet tournaments in Iowa for Yellow Bass fishermen. I just need to get, I just need to just do it. Just, just learn out. how to catch them and just try it out. Just start catching massive yep. amounts of them. What else we got? Catfish Stalker Snow Down on 12 Mile. Yep. Hank's 13th Annual Ice Fishing Derby on George With Lake. That one is going to be cool because that is actually, you can fish any of the lakes within that George With State Park. So there's like five different lakes you could potentially go on. Really? Yes. That is sweet. Obviously, one or two are better than all the others, probably, but you got to know that. Yeah, kinda. and there's there's a couple kind of curveball lakes in there that don't get fished a lot. There's there's some good fish. What, do you got to work to so. get back to those or what? Well, yeah. Have you ever fished this tournament, Ben? No, I haven't. Oh. I've seen it a couple different times. But yeah, I see Hank's post about it, but I've never made it over there. Yeah, yep. Uh, Diamond Lake Ice Fishing Derby on Diamond. Yeah, so did they replace... The holiday lake fishing tournament with this one because holiday is not on here. Well, that's public. That's private water though. It probably doesn't even have to. Doesn't oh yeah, maybe they register. don't have to register. That's the my guess. Yeah. Holiday lake isn't is private also, isn't it? Yeah. Or no, not holiday oh, diamond. diamond. I don't know about diamond. No, it's not. Diamond's over by Montezuma. Okay. 
And then uh, one that will be attending, Hardwater 2020 on Big Creek. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that yes. one. Yes. Look for the short rod show yeah. pickup in the in the parking lot. Same, there at Big same Creek. Uh, organization's putting that one on the ice, Central Iowa Ice Sticks. Cool. Uh, do you know the format for that? For the panfish. Just panfish? Uh, yeah, crappies, bluegills, I think are going to be your main targets. Um, I don't know all the rules for it. I don't know if I've seen all the rules for it yet. But that one I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. I'm ready to do some pre-fishing Friday and Saturday and get after it. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Check that one out. Big Creek, of course. And that'll be the first that's, one we make it to. Yeah, and that's, that Big that's the only one that's on Big Creek, too. That's yeah. interesting. Maybe the Short Rod Show needs to sponsor a little tournament series next year. I think uh, for this year, we definitely need to plan a little get-together out on the ice, uh, like, like we talked about a little bit on Big Creek. See what we can do. Get some guys out, get some fans out there, live, live stream it a little bit, something yeah. like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be fun. Yep. Yep, dual recording on there. What's next? Uh, 12 Mile, yep. uh, Catfish Soccer, Snowdown. They've been doing that one forever. 12 Mile is a sweet fishery, but it is a head scratcher out there. I know. We fished that one um, day and never no. saw a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, were pretty, we were pretty rookies back then. We only had one flash. One flasher three between three guys, and the water <laughs> wasn't, and the ice wasn't great. and it's 60 degrees out. Yeah. And then Brushy. Yes. Brushy's on the first. That's only got one, too. I'm, I'm impressed. One high fire and rescue yep. ice fishing tournament. Yeah. Always good to support local fire departments. That's one thing I like about it, fishing tournaments is yep. a lot of times these types of organizations are putting it on. Yeah, you don't mind giving some money to them. And I think Big Creek will be. I mean, we might have a tough time getting against or beating out of some of the locals, but uh, I think we can do it. Well, you remember the two locals that showed up on the uh, brushy the Iowa State tournament last year? Yeah, broke down. Their t- yeah, their rig broke down. That's how we beat those ones because they never <laughs> returned back to the ramp. <laughs> or no, they did, but they just went those home. Poor guys, they quit. But yep. well, yeah, they yep. showed up. These guys showed up. Just looked like they bought all this stuff brand new just from the yeah, just from the dealership new. yesterday. I mean, it was brand a new side by side looking side Ranger, and then they had their I, I bet I believe it was an Otter. They were to- towing behind them. Yep. They had an aluminum rack with their brand new. Uh, auger hooked up to it and everything, and right when it and I think they were the only ones with a, they're the only ones with the with wheels with wheels. Yep, and they just tore ass. Yep. out of there right south, at the start to the south end. To the south yep, end, we know where we're going. And then on the way back, we got back and we showed up, and those guys didn't come back. And Tagger was like, "Yeah, he called me and he said he's broke down. He wanted to know if I could help him out." And I was like, "Shit, man, I don't know. I don't have anything I can help you with. I'm just <laughs> here. What am I supposed to do? I'm out fishing. <laughs> Can't drive my truck out there. <laughs> oh, those poor guys." Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. We got some good uh, tricks up our sleeves on Brushy. Yeah. That's for sure. Always love going there. And then uh, what was the other one you were thinking about? Uh, Dakin. Dakin's Lake. Dakin's Lake Ice Fishing Derby. We skipped a couple. 215. Oh, okay, yeah. Those are the ones we were probably going to go to. Yeah. You never know. One sort of thing we're hitting up, Big Creek. Short Rod Show. Short Rod Show, days. likely we're going to hit Big Creek, Brushy, yep. Dakin. Those are the clo- those just happen to be the closest ones to our location yep. also. And then yeah, there's Mississippi River Pool Ten for the Cy McGill Ice Fishery. Then there's Lake Meyer Derby. Uh, obviously the Yellow Bass Bonanza Clear Lake. Um, I mean all these. Yep. If I had time, uh, I'd just quit my job and I'd just, just be a tournament ice fishing. Ice fishing. I mean you could pre-fish all week. Yeah. And you just go out. For the one day on the tournament, and just do exactly what you were doing every every day of that maybe, week. Maybe next year, I'll uh, yeah. I'll just take the January and February off and 
Just ice fish. Oh, that'd be cool. Tournament ice fish. Yep. Travel the world. That would be a blast. And then we wrap up the season again on Lake Cornelia. Yeah, it seems yellow bass crash. Yellow bass again. Seems like there's not a whole lot of tournaments. I mean, there is, but... Uh, They all fall on that one day. They all freaking fall on the 18th. The 18th of January. Yeah. Last year, I don't know if you would have been able to fish half those lakes on the 18th. So, yeah, hopefully that doesn't hurt a lot of those tournaments just having that much competition for anglers. Oh, I'm sure it will a little bit. Yep. But it is what it is. But, yeah, really, uh, if you guys haven't participated in a tournament, go out and try it. Yeah. It's it's not just diehard guys. You know, you may think we're diehards. We're we're really just out to have a good time. I mean, I'd say we're leaning towards the closer edge of diehard than we are on the closer edge of. We we have a plan when we Nothing. show up to tournaments, yeah. Yeah. The number one thing I'd say tournament fishing wise is pre fishing. Yep. You got you have to. Yep. Otherwise you're just going out there blind. I mean you don't have to be the best fisherman in the world, but at least within the that week yeah. leading up to the tournament, you need to have fished that lake. Yep. And at least have an idea of what fish you want to target, what baits you want to use, yep. and what depths you need to be at. And a few spots, ideally. I mean, we were at some tournaments last year that, uh, pre-fishing-wise, I didn't catch any fish. And then, yep, tournament day, we turned around and yeah, put a limit together. But you just never know. Um, but that that's partially yeah. too because I wasn't able to pre-fish. No, so you're out there on your own, just yep. trying to find spots. Yep. And having two people versus one is twice as good. I mean, at the very least. I got intel on conditions. Yes. I knew what kind of the snowpack was looking like. I knew what the ice was looking like. Yes. I knew how far we were going to have to drag our sleds and stuff. And an idea of what kind of structure we were wanting to fish. Yep. And that that's worth a lot, too. Yep. Because, you know, if you're, if you're just going to do this to go out and have fun, that's great. Yep. You can go have a great great time, donate to some good causes, too. Oh, yeah. On a lot of these. Definitely. Um, if you're out in it to win it. Pre-fishing. Which I'm a little competitive, so I'm usually in it to win it. Yep. Um, I mean, if I'm going to spend my money on it, I just will try to give myself the best odds. Yep. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, even the like the big-time tournament pan fishermen, yeah. they don't even drop a line in the water. They're just dropping cameras down there to see what fish are down yes. there. Yes. That was interesting. Yeah. We're not quite to that level yet. Yeah. We, I mean, we got We're the camera. There. We just have some cloudy water, so you'd have to punch a lot of holes. Yeah. To see what you're looking for. Those old panoptics guys are going to catch up to us one of these days. Nah, we'll be all right. <laughs> Not too worried about it. We them. got our sense of direction and a couple schoolies. Couple yep. Good. That's all we need. Yep. Well, Ben, you got anything else you want to add to that? Good deal. Yeah, no, talking tournaments got me all fired up. I know. I'm get out there and I'm jazzed. I'm just ready to get out there. I'm just tired of being at home. Yeah, I mean, we scratched the itch a little bit, but definitely. I was really hoping to get out here pretty over. pretty itchy. I was really hoping to get out here over Christmas at some point, but just yep. didn't happen. Family yeah. stuff. You know, that's the sort yeah. of deal we were wanting, you know, to highlight with this podcast is life happens too in between fishing. It's not all just those yep. diehard guys that live out there fishing. Yep. Yeah, and, and with that too, a little story. My initial plan this Christmas was to hang out with the wife at home and go ice fishing. Yeah. And wanted to go somewhere close. Yeah. Um that was going to work out perfectly till the weather turned. I mean, we were within what a week of of having that. Not even a week of having that be, yeah, feasible. You could you could have done it, but then you would have hit the situation where she probably wasn't all that comfortable being out there. Well, and I mean to tell you the truth, I wasn't all that comfortable when yeah. I spudded that one lake because it was. 
you could tell it, the ice had been good at one point. Yeah. And there was enough. But then now you could just kind of tell it's gone down. Yeah. It's melted some. And so your thickness wasn't there. And then that day was going to be like 60 degrees. Was there still water on top or oh, was yeah. it all dry? Oh, and it hadn't froze. I mean, it was. Well, if there's water on top, you're all right. Because but, that means your water is not porous I, or your yeah. ice isn't porous yet. It still was only three and a half spud bar hits to go in. Uh, and it, I would have tried it. Yeah. Middle of the day, it's going to. Yeah. You know, we're It'll just going to lounge up. around till in the afternoon and then go out like two o'clock in the afternoon, yep. 60 degrees. Like, well, meh. the problem you see now with all these lakes is they're dry. There's no water puddled up on top, mm-hmm. so that means that the ice has gotten holes in it. And it's porous, yeah. And now the yeah. well, that water drains through it. Then that then you're in trouble. That's a bad deal. That's bad. It just scares me when lakes haven't froze over at night. Yeah, that's for a problem. F- like four days straight, it's been like 40 degrees at night. Yep. It's like, eh, but it is encouraging that's still frozen. It. Oh yeah, because now the water still is still. Well, and the ice is still clear, so that's good. But it wouldn't take a whole lot. I don't think we'll have to travel too terribly far north. Yeah. Find ice. We'll see. Maybe so, on north of Highway 20. Yep. Have to go do a little spudding around. Yeah. Go poke it around. Yep. Don't just trust it that someone else is out there. Oh, yeah. And, like, Facebook is good for a lot of that. What's the ice conditions like? That just drives me nuts, though, all the time. What was I listening? Speaking of Facebook, I was looking at a post today. Oh, a guy had posted uh, uh, his homemade uh, auger adapter for his drill. So oh, he had yeah. his auger, had his homemade adapter, had the drill. Nice. And he had welded this this T onto it to keep it, obviously, from falling in the water. Sure. And that was the funniest freaking thread I've watched. I've listened to Facebook, you know, or read on Facebook in a long time. He's like, oh, that's a nut bruster. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a T spinning around? Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, keep your clothes clear of that. And, you know, the first time you yeah, clip your true. nuts and... Everybody everybody had some comment about your nuts getting busted on that thing. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Hey, I mean it'll work, but geez, steer clear. Yeah. I mean he was pretty proud of it and it looked it looked good. Yeah, and it probably saved like hundred bucks off of getting the whole other setup. Yeah, probably, but then you got a hundred bucks when buy a new nut, I guess. <laughs> it's priceless. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, let's awesome. wrap her up, Ben. Well, thanks for listening again to another episode of the Short Rod Show.